Hello, I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of the Charles Coves Show. This is episode 153, recorded in Melbourne, Australia, where it's the first Sunday of winter in 2023. In this week's episode, I consider whether you should have in-person meetings and events or whether they should be virtual. We learnt to Zoom, WebEx, Microsoft Teams and lots of other ways during lockdowns to get together to share ideas over the internet. It was incredibly convenient and it solved the problem of lockdowns, of not being able to get together in person. But there are seven big reasons why in-person meetings are preferable to virtual meetings. I discussed those seven reasons. Overall, the key difference between a virtual meeting and an in-person meeting is like the difference between watching a video of the Grand Canyon and visiting the Grand Canyon. It's a massive difference. I urge you to use these seven reasons to make better decisions about your meetings and events. You might think this is not a big deal now, but think about your life and how many surprising events can happen and have happened to you when you have left the security and the comfort of your lovely home. And the other big point is, When you are having in-person events, you are likely to have much more fun. I wish you better decision-making around meetings. Our format for the show is that I share the big idea for the day. I share six resources that you can use to help you think about the big idea for the day. I review some key happenings during the past week and then the foundational principles for the show and some background information about me is now at the end of the show where new listeners and viewers can catch up on that and regular viewers don't have to wait while I go through that because they already know that. So let's get into today's big idea. Lockdowns have taught us how to run Zoom, WebEx and other meetings virtually. They have been reasonably effective. But there are seven big reasons why going to the effort of running in-person meetings and events is far better than virtual events. I'm a professional speaker. I have been for 30 years. I'm a past national president of the National Speakers Association here in Australia. So I'm biased because it's more likely that you'll need a professional speaker when you have live events. But nevertheless... I am firmly convinced that the effort of in-person is well worth it. I want to help you make better decisions in your life about this topic. And it also includes whether or not you travel overseas for a meeting. When you're organising an event or a meeting, it's so convenient to just make that convenience choice of virtual You pay a big price when you do this. So this decision-making 
this decision-making skill that each one of us needs to develop is what I'm working on today for you. So here's the seven big reasons. Number one, if you're a regular viewer, listener, you know that my definition of health revolves around mind, body and spirit. So when you are physically present with another person, you experience that other persons and the other people at the meeting, their mind, their body and their spirit. There's a lot of subconscious and superconscious activity going on when you are interacting with other human beings. The insights that you get from the mental, physical and spiritual connections is far greater than on virtual. Second reason, you create deeper connections with other human beings when you are present with them. Those deeper connections lead to synchronistic results, synchronistic conversations, new insights. Number three, you meet new people. So if you're going to a conference on a Zoom meeting, you hardly meet anybody. You, know, you get put into these breakout rooms, but they're not real meetings. You meet new people and your life will change to the extent that you are willing to keep meeting new people, to get the insights from those new people. Number four, you test your ideas, you test your reaction to what's being discussed in the meetings, inside conversations with other people at the meetings. You don't get that opportunity in virtual meetings. Reason number five. You engage more deeply in the issues being considered at the meeting, at the event, at the conference, because you can't just simply turn your video off like you can on a virtual meeting and have a nap. Now, having a nap is a good idea. I'm all in favour of having a nap. But you are almost forced to, to make the decision, well, I'm here, I might as well engage deeply on these issues. Number six. Trust is a crucial element to the way human beings function together. By being in a real meeting with real people, you start to build trust, and trust is built brick by brick, like a brick wall. And you, you have to work out in life who you, who you can trust and who you can't trust. We all make decisions on this, but as we're spending time with people, we develop our skills in making better decisions around trustworthiness. It's very difficult to do that in virtual meetings. And the repetition of meetings and going to industry conferences or meetings with your colleagues, with your work colleagues, even social meetings, help you to decide who you're going to trust in a particular environment and who might be questionable and the trustworthy stakes. And then big reason number seven is you have much more fun likely to have more fun in meetings and events and conferences being face-to-face -face with other human beings. And fun is a crucial element to this game of life. I think, you know, with the dramas that we've been through over over lockdowns and, and dramas in life, we have to look for the opportunities to create fun and and through that fun we also beat connections. Victor Borgate famously said that laughter is the shortest distance between two human beings.
So there are more reasons. They're the seven big reasons, but I want you to be more careful in terms of not choosing the convenience factor for meetings, but understanding the price you pay when you choose convenience over these seven big benefits of in-person meetings. So some resources for you. The book I want to recommend is from Harvard Business Review. Well, it's a number of books. Harvard Business Review has got some wonderful guides on how to run better meetings. I've been running meetings for a long time. I've been chairman of many meetings. I run excellent meetings. It's one of my commitments. You can run excellent meetings so that the resistance to in-person meetings disappears if you're running a meeting. But learning how to do that will help you, but also help you with your own leaders, for example, in the workplace, where you can give clues to them on how to run better meetings. So go to Harvard Business Review and look up their resources on how to run better meetings. My song this week is a bit of a whimsical song. It's a great song by the Beatles. I get by with a little help from my friends. Ooh, I get by with a little help from my friends. So great song and it's a great reminder that all of us need friends no one does it alone and so who are those friends how do you create those friendly relationships on zoom or in microsoft teams very difficult my spiritual tip is again to meditate and remember that you have meditation is to shut the shut your mind off that's one way to meditate another one is to Spend quiet time thinking about the people that you have met in your life through synchronicity, through luck, and going to meetings in person, going to conferences in person. Who have you met that had an enormous positive impact on your life? That will remind you of the benefit of in-person events for you. My health tip is to visit the website of John Lukacs, it's estateartistry.com, and I interviewed John on TNT Radio and also go and listen to my shows on TNT Radio every Saturday at 4 p.m. Melbourne time, but all of the shows are recorded. It's You can search it under my name or the Mind Medicine Program, but tntradio.live is a wonderful resource. Well, John Lukacs on his website has got some extraordinary resources for recovering from jabs that have been injected into you. And secondly, he has discovered an amazing protocol for treating cancer. I urge you to check it out because every one of us has friends who have been touched by cancer. I urge you to check it out. Do your own thinking. Crucial, the the insights that he shared on his website under his blog are well worth having a look at. Now, my quote this week is by the famous Christian minister, Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. But he also had this terrific quote that is relevant to meetings. Every problem has in it the seeds of its own solution. If you don't have any problems, you don't get any seeds. And that resonates because you come into a meeting, a business meeting or a conference, there are problems you need to solve. 
And then it's human beings working together to solve that problem that sprouts the seeds of solutions, but also the seeds of amazing, new, innovative, creative ways forward. Every problem has in it the seeds of its own solution. If you don't have any problems, you don't get any seeds. And lastly, a spot of humour. You know I love humour. As chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy, well, I thought I'd find some funny quotes for you or, or thoughts on meetings. And I run a lot of committee meetings. I'm in a lot of committees. And there's a reason they're called committees. When you're on one for too long, you start to think about committing something else, committing suicide, committing murder, committing yourself into a mental institute. Next one, I think the reason we're not off to sleep is so it almost looks like we're just emphatically agreeing whenever we're in a boring meeting, and there are many boring meetings, that's true. And another one, my biggest issue with meetings is that despite their name, they're really about me. And lastly, an employee at a conference is getting to meet her new co-workers when the topic of her last job comes up. One co-worker asks why she left the job. It was something my boss said, the woman replied. Why? What did he say, the co-worker asked. You're fired. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. So, so take the steps to use these resources and today's big idea to make a beneficial difference in your life, particularly by improving your decision-making around meetings, events, conferences, should they be in-person or virtual. My aim for this show is to inspire you, provoke you, motivate you to discover what your life is all about and what the best way to live your life is. This, I want to raise the self-awareness that you have about why you do what you do. I invite you to subscribe to this show, whether it's on YouTube or Rumble or as via a podcast, to share it with your family, friends and co-workers, to visit our websites, covest.com and charlescovest.com. And my first two books, Passionate People Produce and Passionate Performance, are both available on those websites. You can also find out about the self-awareness and passion quest at charlescovest.com. Now... Let's do a quick review of some key happenings during the week. As I mentioned on TNT Radio this week, my guest was John Lukacs. I've had some amazing guests on my weekly show. It used to be every fortnight for two hours. Now it's every week for one hour. And the feedback I'm getting from the conversations is very positive. And I think you'll find some gold in those conversations on particular issues that might be troubling you. Another big issue that comes up in Australia is the extraordinary government waste. When government spends your money wherever you live and you see that waste and bureaucrats and politicians, their game in life is to get ever more power, to spend ever more money and selling you the idea of let the government help you. Well, where does the government get its money? Think about that. And in terms of waste, in Australia, there's a big conversation going on about giving Australian Aborigines a voice in the Constitution. Well, my view is it adds no value to Aboriginal lives, number one. Number two, the money that has been spent on Aborigines in this country 
$350 billion given to Aboriginal affairs in the last 10 years for 1 million Aborigines. That's 350000 per man, woman and child. And it's done almost nothing to improve the lot of most of them. So throwing money at these problems is really a good idea. Be careful about who you vote for in terms of this financial impact. Many young kids these days are taught that, oh, the government will solve your problems. No, that's a shocking way to live your life, in my view. Take personal responsibility and look at this government waste to go, hey, is government doing the right thing by me? Is it really concerned about me? I say no. The other big thing happening in Australia over the last week is Dr. Asim Malhotra from the UK is on a tour and he's became fa- he's become famous and they sell out audiences at his events because he's a world-class cardiologist in the UK who used to promote medical interventions, you know the type that I'm talking about, and he totally changed when his father died. So the interest that's being generated from that tour is wonderful to see. And last, uh, second last item is that the Chief Health Officer for Australia, Brendan Murphy, came out when he was grilled by Senator Alex Antich this week, and, and Brendan Murphy agreed that, that uh, mandates for jabs are not warranted. Lastly, Australia's and UK's excess deaths in the in respective countries and right around the world, excess deaths are going through the roof. Extraordinary numbers of excess deaths. Why do you think that's happening? I know why it's happening. I want you to think about it. Lastly, Julie and I continue to do our exercise, continue to take steps to be physically healthy, mentally healthy and spiritually healthy. So I hope you do too, that watching this show constantly reminds you of the need to do that. You have to take great care of your health. I work long hours. The, the longer I work, the more care I need to do to take care of my health. And, of course, drinking my coffee is one of the key ways that I do that. Ha-ha. All right. If you're new to the show, stick around for the foundational principles of the show and some more background about me. Thanks for watching or listening. And until our next show next week, may your week be full of passion, full of challenge that you are willingly embracing, the solving of problems that contain the seeds of their own solutions, and that you have fun on the way that you enjoy this gift of life. And you are constantly raising your awareness of how you want to live your life. Thanks for being with us. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye. And now, for viewers and listeners who want to know more about my background and what else I do with my life as well as the foundational principles of the show, here we are. Since 1993, when I left my legal career, a career that I love to become Australasia's passion provocateur, I have inspired and provoked and educated and motivated people all over the world to discover and pursue their passion. I have helped people via the books that I've written, via speeches at conferences, via in-depth team building 
programs, workshops over one, two or three days or over three months, six months. And I've coached people of all ages, one-on-one from small, medium and large enterprises, government enterprises, helping them to identify the often tiny changes that can make a massive difference. One of my core principles is that freedom is what makes us truly human. That's why one of the greatest threats that government imposes on you to force you to observe its laws is the threat of imprisonment, the loss of your freedom. Just think about that. Government says, if you don't behave yourself, we're going to put you in jail. No, no, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to lose my freedom. That's a reminder to you of why freedom is so important. Without freedom, you and I are not much different to animals. If you were locked up in a cage for the rest of your life, how, how different would you be to an animal? This commitment to fighting for freedoms for all people is carried out by me primarily through five channels. Number one, preserving the freedom to pursue your passion. Number two, inspiring you to be able to be free through excellent health. Number three, helping preserve freedom throughout the world through the expansion of industrial hemp, a magnificent agricultural crop, an almost miraculous crop that enables every community to thrive independently of government. In this way, the power of government to take away freedom is minimised. Number four, fighting for freedom through legal strategies. So I do work as a legal strategy consultant, as an interface between clients and their lawyers. And number five, as chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy and as a board member of the Australian Cartoon Museum, fighting for the freedom of thought and speech through uncensored comedy and humour through avoiding political correctness in the comedic space. When you block freedom of speech, freedom of thought, that's the beginning of the end of your freedoms. The foundational principles for the Charles Covey Show are founded on the formula SA plus P equals S. Your self-awareness added to your passion will guarantee that you are successful. And the best definition of success I have found in life is that success is the progressive realisation of your worthy ideals. The progressive realisation of your worthy ideals. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous principle and quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket. I wear my red jacket for all my shows. Red is the colour of passion. So that when you see me on the YouTube version, It reminds you that when you see red in your life, you ask yourself the question, am I pursuing my passion? What am I passionate about? Am I still passionate about that? What might I newly be passionate about? Each week I explore one big idea that can change your life. And it's just one big idea because there's a chance you will remember it. If I give you too many ideas, then we we get confused and we don't do anything. Clarity leads to power. Confusion kills passion. Each week I share simple and practical resources that you've heard me describe in the earlier part of the show. A spiritual tip, a health tip, lyrics of a song, a book, a quote, and of course humour. 
This show is not politically correct. I have no intention of being politically correct. And I love certain addictions, including my addiction to great coffee. Mmm. My addiction to exercise, my addiction to reading, and my addiction to certain other unmentionable in public type behaviours. Who would know what they are? This show definitely subscribes to the view that we have a spiritual life. So if you don't like discussion of spirituality, this show is not for you. I promise you that I don't include anything in this show that I don't consider to be true and that I have not found to be useful in the work that I've done over the past 28 years, but also over the past 50 years in business, as a lawyer, as a consultant advisor. I only want to share stuff with you that is of value to you. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to contact me at charles at Again, thanks for watching and listening to my show. Bye.